Hello and welcome back to New Hampshire's number one sports podcast, where one of the hosts... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sitting over here on a beautiful Sunday morning in springtime in Massachusetts, and I say to myself, I know two guys who are going to talk about some sports this morning. Let me hop on and inject a little bit of flavor into this bland-ass podcast. He went full wrestling wrestling (laughs) promo. (laughs) Okay. I guess we should have seen that coming. Yeah. Hi, guys. Good morning. Hey, Jack. Hello, and welcome back to New Hampshire's number one sports podcast, where... Two of the hosts combined for nine less career home runs than the other one. It is the Never Words podcast with a special guest. I'm your host, Tom Brown, joined as always by my brother, Tim, and my baseball host, co-host, my brother, Jack. Yeah, and going back to those home runs. Does that mean Jack's had zero home runs? (laughs) That's exactly what that that means. means. (laughs) That's what that means, and that's what I was going to get at. Just because oh. I never sucked down a free manor meal doesn't mean I'm any less of a host than you two. And just just hold on. So we have another brother and he is not joining us because he knows nothing about sports. But also, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to leave him out of this. When I hit my first home run, he, we, he was in sixth grade. I was in fifth grade and he was crying after the game because I had hit a home run and I made the district all star team. Very and he soft. didn't. So I offered him my hot dog from the manor meal, and he didn't want it. Probably sucked it down with no bun. <laughs> and we're off. All right. That should get him to listen. Okay, guys. Well, Tim, it's been a while since I've seen you. You've been ducking yeah, me. I was on suspension. Jack, we, de- we decided, I don't know. We said leaving the last baseball night episode we did, maybe there'll be more than one win. And guess what? There wasn't. They got swept by the. There was two in a row. They got swept by the White Sox. They won the last two. They spanked the Rangers. Oh no, I know. But if we had recorded on Thursday. Oh yeah, still was... still hard times to be a Red Sox fan out there. Um, so we decided let's throw it all together, catch up on some stuff, and then we'll get back on normal schedule. So, I guess. We can start with. The Celtics are playing a pretty effing good series right now. What like. It's frustrating at times, but the games are dope. Giannis isn't a real person. The stuff he, those dunks he was doing in the fourth quarter of Game Six, that's not even real. He, it's incredible to watch him, and it was terrifying to see Tatum try to match him shot for shot in Game Six. He did it, but I was worried every time he shot. But he did. Yeah, um, Giannis is a big old bully uh, when. You go shot for shot with him, though. It's not really the same thing because he takes all his shots 10 feet and in from the rim um, where Tatum really just tries to get it working from outside. And if it doesn't, it's going to be a long night. I guess I don't have to keep leaning in because I'm wearing a headset with a microphone. Yeah, I know. I was I was watching you do that and I was thinking this is this is really funny to witness. Because he looks like such a buffoon, but you look just so like the middle-aged person. Like, can I? Where do I look? Can they yeah. hear me? But back to Giannis and Tatum. Giannis, right? Total, 
he's not a real person. I agree with all that. I agree with the the shot selection. Please, for the love of God, keep shooting threes. He was he hit two big ones in games five and six. The one five was like heartbreaking, because then Smart went down, tried to play hero ball. Surprise, surprise, didn't work out. Drew Holiday ties the game, but. He hit a big one in game six and then tried another one. And every time I'm actually didn't he, like, he, he oh, airballed the second one, right? Or like, su- like super front rimmed it. I don't know. Yeah. He's, His re- he's had bad misses. He's not a good outside shooter. Him shooting a three has the exact opposite. I have is when Daniel Tice shoots a three, when he shoots it, I'm like, okay, I'll take that. And then I see Tice setting up and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> why? Don't do it. And then he does it and misses. Throughout the whole first round, I kind of had that feeling with Horford. Um, like, that's not the shot you should settle on, but he's actually played his ass off the entire, uh, this series especially, against guarding Antetokounmpo as much as you actually can. Yeah, I actually like Horford's threes now. Like, I'm excited. Yeah, like, when he's open, I'm like, okay, that's yeah. a good shot. When they were going bad, I put, I remember putting in a rundown that he was shooting something like 21%. But he, he did the thing where he took, like, a week off to rest his knee or something, and he's come back a different guy. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, the whole team is different since Well, I January think 6th. when you said it's a really good series, it is a good series, and the games have been good. But I just wonder if the series would always would already be over if they had, like, Robert Williams playing in these games. I, I have the same thing written down, but for the Bucks, if the Bucks had Middleton, I think they would have won in five. Probably. I mean, oh, I don't know about that. He's twenty. He's twenty well, points. You know, he's a better shooter than Connaughton, Wes Matthews, anybody else that's shooting the ball outside of Giannis. He's their second All Star. Yeah, I get that. I just I don't think it would be as decisive as Game Five. But yeah, I think the Celtics are better than the Bucks, and I think that the Celtics have beaten themselves in two of the games they've lost. I agree. The Marcus Smart out of bounds play. Marcus <laughs> Smart. Marcus Smart beat the Celtics in Game uh, whatever five, that was, five. four or five. There's no way that was the play that was drawn up, right? Oh, it wasn't. So I saw I saw someone point this out on Twitter. No, that's a driving kick. He he was supposed to get the ball towards the wing top of the key. And then they showed on this wide view that at the same time as he was getting the ball, Horford went down and set a pick for Tatum in the corner to curl up and get the ball from Smart. But Connington played it so that Smart couldn't get to the top of the key. And it... Yeah, I... It, no, the, he gave him the, the lane. Is... He gave him the lane, and Marcus drove, and then Holiday helped out on D, and that was the stuff. Would you say? Yeah, exactly. Would you say he got blocked by the best defensive guard in the NBA? No, I don't buy that shit. I think Marcus Smart is the best defensive guard in the NBA. I think Drew Holiday is good. Oh, I, I, I do buy it because you think Smart's he, better than, or you think Holiday's defense... better than Smart? Yeah. I don't know. And also, can we also say this? I guys, listen, I'm just saying. This is I this is what I think, but do you think watching this series it's kind of ridiculous that Smart would win defensive player of the year over Giannis? Yes. I mean, no one impacts a game 
quite like a seven foot alien. But again, you know, the Bucks proved they didn't care about the regular season. They easily, if you watch this team and if you add Middleton, you're like, how did they not get the one seed? They didn't want. Yeah, like it makes they, sense. To sit- you can say, yeah, you can say that about a lot of a lot of teams, though. Well, I, I mean, you can't say it about the it, team. as much as they had team meetings and and talked about it at the beginning of the year. You could tell the Celtics didn't really engage until after the All Star break. Like, right, but they were figuring shit out. The Bucks, yeah, like just like rested. It seemed like maybe took they games off. Maybe they, they wanted, didn't I want. I don't know why any team would want the three. The Nets. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they would have had too much trouble with that. But that's what they were worried about. That's what yeah. everybody was worried about going into the playoffs. Um. All right. So, <clears throat> about tonight or this afternoon, what um, are you guys afraid that Smart's going to try and be the hero in Game Seven? He has a tendency Always. to do that. Yep. Although he's he uh. He, th- I feel like he wants he wants to be like the star of the team, where uh, he's best at taking charges and just getting in passing lanes and screwing up other people's offenses. If he takes zero shots tonight, that would be the best game seven Marcus Smart could play. I mean, he he launches bad shots all the time, um, and he tr- like you said, he try it's hero ball. He tries to be the top guy on the team. One of the worst things for the Celtics offense is when Smart hits his first three of the game. Like his first shot, if it goes, first yeah, if it goes in, he's taken seven that game. But in game five, he was three for four, yeah. so it was like, all right. But he seemed to take a back seat in game six. He had to. I mean, it was Tatum's game, but. Yeah, I think the best, the best Smart is, which I didn't think this was possible before, but. The best smart is the point guard that gets like eight to nine assists. Yeah. He can so keep the ball moving. He doesn't, he doesn't, unless he's trying too hard, like he was at the end of game five, he doesn't turn the ball over as a point guard that often. So he keeps, he keeps, he keeps the ball, uh, he keeps possession and he can move it. Like it's when he starts just getting like Tim said in his own head that, Oh, I I'm hot tonight. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand. I, I still going back to game five. I don't get why he thought he was going to be able to beat that double team going across half court. I mean, there was only four seconds left and who's to say Tatum would have. He was also dribbling like a kindergartner. Cause that was a very high, like yeah. chest high bounce he had going on. It was a very easy pick for holiday. Um, and Tatum you know was wide open was- at the three point line. There was two. There, there was another game. I think it was game three. Did they lose game three when he took a, a, a like a double team? He was doubled and he took looking a for the foul. And he had Tatum like, yeah. or somebody was in the corner, wide open, and Al was on the other yeah. side, wide open. Jalen Brown was wide open That's in the corner. It, yeah. <clears throat> know what goes a little? Al had, the Al had a mismatch. He had Leonardson on him in uh, in the post, and Jalen Brown was wide open, and, and Smart took that shot. Yeah, yeah. Something that went unnoticed in the game five collapse, which everyone, you know, you obviously focus on the last like twenty seconds, but they were up fourteen in the fourth. Ten minutes to go, more than just the last twenty yep. seconds. And they, 
the la- the Bobby Portis putback on the um, free throw, Jalen Brown and Smart both went for the rebound. Yep. And Jalen Brown was on the block in the free throw lane, and Smart was outside the three-point line. And flying up. And I, I swear to God, I know you're going for the rebound, you're trying to win, but Jalen Brown and Smart ran into it. I know that every social media, Boston sports social media account is if smart comes up with the rebound says, that's what he does. That's why he's the defensive player of the year. In reality, let Jalen Brown come down with that because he is in the block and they ran into each other. And I just think that goes back to the hero thing. I was, I think he's like, I'm going to get this rebound. I'm going to scream. I'm going to get fouled. I'm going to hit the free throws in it. It's going to be, he, you know, he's the hero. Mm-hmm. So it's terrifying that he's going to, at one point, they are going they could be down six, and he's going to be like, don't worry, guys. I got this. Tatum, Brown, yeah. Horford, you guys have been awesome this series. Take take a, take a seat. Yeah. Yeah, it's, no, it's All right, worrying. And then um, do you guys, what, what are your predictions? I guess this is moot. Because we can, I'll try and get this up before the game starts, but who knows? I mean, seven. Uh, I mean, game seven at home. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I agree. Maybe we're just homers, but oh, definitely. Um, but maybe get maybe get Giannis into some foul trouble early. Hey, hey! I thought he was. Well, my biggest six, fear he had is three fouls in the first half, and then they didn't call a single yeah. charge on him in the second. No, then he, that's they, been the, the MO of the whole playoffs for the last they two overt- years. They overturned a f- uh, his fifth foul, which was a charge. Yeah, I mean Grant Williams was moving, which was what just a spinning back elbow into somebody's chest. I'm sure. Uh, the ref, what is the ref when he's you know three to four feet behind the three point line, and like you can see him like gearing up to take it to the basket. Like the ref has to be like he is definitely going to charge on this play. Because he's going to go full tilt into a pile of people. Yeah, but they're also like, no one can jump high enough, and they're they're going to hit his elbow. So, is it a charge or is it every a shooting the, foul? Com- because three guys hit him on the, the elbow. The amount the Celtics complain about fouls is out of oh. control. The oh, amount so- the amount of defensive possessions the Celtic Celtics miss because they're complaining about fouls is way too much to be a professional basketball team. After game two, Grant Williams has been taken out of this series because he can't figure out how to like deal with the fact he's getting these foul calls against a two-time MVP in last year's NBA Finals MVP. Like he's gonna get these calls. You're eight inches shorter than him. And Just stop complaining about it. Keep you have six of them. And also stop trying to go for the ball. You can't. You can't hit it. <laughs> every time that he's complaining, every time that he's complaining that it's a foul, he's actually slapping him on the wrist because he's trying. That's to what I mean. The they show the. They throw their hand up to review it, and you know whatever the broadcast will show the review, and you're like, you just hit him square in the elbow, like. Yep. That's a shooting foul. Just put your hands up. Just shoot up and, and land I mean, sometimes back. there's bad calls, but Tatum, it, it, every time he misses a shot, he does this, like, jump thing where he's throwing his hands up, and it's like, can you just get back? Like, you take 30 shots a yeah. game, 20 shots a game. Like, you yeah. can't complain after you miss the, 
you know, you think you get fouled on a three. Yeah, we gotta. We just have to hope Rob Williams plays. So then, upgrading it can just be Horford as of this morning. Horford, Williams, and no Daniel Tice. No, he should. Derek not White be. has been fantastic. I think we should mention that as well. He actually has. He's been holding it together off the bench for sure. All right, we're gonna shift sports okay. here because there was a, there was a, there was a big deal in the National Football League a couple weeks ago that had a lot of people in. Uh, Pats Nation, ta- asking questions. Stid him so, to the Raiders. Glad we brought it up. I think it's a good trade. Yes. <laughs> big move. It's a big move. Way to get off that contract. You know what's interesting about that? Here's what's interesting about that. The only thing, and then obviously we're going to talk about the draft. That means Josh McDaniels is like yeah, there I or like, something. That's there. what I was thinking. He must like Stidham. Unless he's like he's good in the QB room. He's like smart, breaking down film and stuff. Which some guys are, and then they become coaches when they weren't good players. But yeah. yep, and it's Josh McDaniels uh, scouted and drafted Tim Tebow as a quarterback, so maybe he doesn't know what the hell he's. He want a playoff game. game. <laughs> That's such a funny thing to say. You want a playoff game? Okay. I don't know what it means. <laughs> it was a wild card. Five yard Demaris Thomas outrunning everybody across the middle of the field. Well, all right, so I guess the question is, do we think the Patriots reach too much in the draft? Yes. It's a very plain answer. It's yes. I just don't un- That guy was on everybody's draft board at like 100. Sean McVay was quoted as saying after the pick, we had him on our draft board at 104. I mean, yeah. But he doesn't know anything about drafting because he just trades all his picks. He hasn't drafted in years. I don't think guard was the biggest need. That's my only issue with it. You could have got a linebacker, a good linebacker. Yeah, I've been... Where did they I, trade out of? I'm sorry. What what pick did they trade 24. out of? 24. 21, I think. Yeah. Oh, 24. 24, okay. So, yeah, there are some players. There were some good defensive players that went after that. Um, again, I think I agree with Tim. Their, their need isn't guard. They need offensive line because it's, they traded away a guard and then lost another guard to free agency, but you probably didn't need that. So would you say guard might be a, a need? I think you can get a guard, a serviceable guard, easier than you can get a good linebacker. Like that guy in the second round? I probably could have drafted Cole. You could have traded up in the second. The thing is, what's interesting is afterwards, no one likes to show their hand, other unless you're Sean McVay and you just won the Super Bowl, so you're doing press conferences during the draft when you don't have a pick. Um, that was interesting. Kyle Shanahan said afterwards, like, yeah, people are freaking out, but we had him in the second round. So maybe there were, like, rumors like he was some sort of – I still think maybe if you – in that case, maybe just wait till 50, see if see how it shakes out. But – I mean – it They went guard, wide receiver, cornerback, cornerback. So that brings me to ask you guys the question. Do you think – teams should 
draft in position need or the best overall player that's available at, say, in their case, pick 29? Position need. Obviously not like a quarterback or a uh, center. Position need, but if it's but if you have two need, if you have more than one need, then I think you should pick the best available player. I mean, and I pro- he probably did it because a guard, when a guard renegotiates his contract, is going to be less as a bargaining chip to say, hey, I was your first round pick than whatever skill position would be. But I mean, even still, there are better players available for other positions that they need to fill. Yeah. I mean, Strange is probably going to be good. You know, no- yeah, I'm sure he is. But like most guards the Patriots have had have been good. Because of their the way they run their offense, it's just it's easy for a guard to be good. I just don't think you needed him at twenty nine. You could have traded all the way out of the first; I would have been happier. I mean, they took a guard sick in the sixth and seventh round, so they took three guards. Chase and Hines could end up just being like, "Oh man, this guy was taken in the sixth round, and he's just a solid, solid guard guy that made two Pro yeah. Bowls." Stuber's a tackle. The bummer is the bummer for me is that Nicobe Dean was there at twenty. He was also there when they took the wide receiver and Marcus Jones. Yeah. So they had three shots at drafting. Why did he fall? Did it ever say why he fell so much? He's undersized. That's all they've said. Oh, oh boy, that's gonna make a great package <laughs> uh, before a big game that he plays one day. Yeah, totally. Yep, Monday Night Football is going to eat that uh-huh. up. But, like, he's undersized. <laughs> he's a blitzing linebacker that can play coverage. Like, it's yeah. okay if he's not 6'4". And undersized, he's so, probably 6'1". Like, he's still big. Yeah, he undersized for an NFL player is not really undersized. All right. Here's a question for you guys. Why, with all these position needs and lack of speed and all this stuff, do you think they went with yet another unathletic white quarterback in the fourth round? They have one that starts for their team. Why'd they go with another one? Six feet tall. He's six feet tall? Yeah. Oh, Dean? Or the quarterback? Oh, Dean, yeah. Bailey Zappi. Yeah. Bailey Zappi. Was he the Florida quarterback? No. No, Western Kentucky, Tim. You probably no, remember Tim. them. <laughs> um, the Hilltoppers, I believe. And why'd yeah, they go with I a mean, running he threw back? threw for over 7,000 yards and almost 80 touchdowns in high school. <laughs> oh, they have his high school stats up there? Yeah, Texas. He went to uh, Houston Baptist University. Oh, wait. HBU? Oh boy, um, Victoria, he, Texas, famous Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, they also um, went with a running back in the fifth. When they have three that you know split time already. Yeah, and he was a they so they went for speed, but they needed speed on defense. <laughs> and they got the fastest wide receiver and fastest running back in the combine because we all know forty times relate related to. Uh, Great careers. Yeah, that's why they drafted Chad Jackson, and he blew up. I actually like their wideout pick. Um, I don't hate that pick. Yeah, I mean, he led Baylor in all their receiving categories last year. Um, 
and he runs a four two, which I I know it. We we're just you just shit on it, but I don't know the last time they've had like. My issue is that receiver. that's exactly what they're paying Aguilar ten million dollars to do, and he played six games last year. Is Aguilar a speed? Guy? Yeah, he was supposed to be their deep threat. He's supposed to be, yeah. Well, how can you have a deep threat if your your quarterback can't throw deep? Or if you you know you're thirty three and the game script is the game script is three passes a game. Um, that was the only thing. It's like now Aguilar's just like not going to play and just take 10 million. So I wrote, hopefully this means they move Aguilar at some point. Yep. Him and a Nikhil Harry package. Probably get back three first rounders. Probably have to give them first rounders. <laughs> the N the Nikhil Harry, um, draft class and the, uh, Celtics moving up ahead to not take Giannis are uh, two real head scratchers <laughs> of a draft day move yep. uh, from Boston based teams. Yeah. All right. Well, well, so I don't know who knows out of this draft who will like stick with the team who won't because such a crap shoot. And this was such a shitty year as all the experts said. One, one other uh, thing, the Marcus Jones pick, they picked a, uh, Slot cornerback that they already have yeah, three Jonathan of. Jones is coming back. And uh, who's yeah. going to be their number one cornerback? Is it going to be Jalen Mills? Because that's not that's not great. That makes you wonder if they're just just going to play zone all year, just yeah. a bunch of guys in zone and not. They like to play man coverage, but they don't have, you know the lockdown cornerback they had for the last three years that they just let go away. Um, Was he really a lockdown cornerback, though? I mean, he's definitely better than anything they have right now. But he got destroyed well, by the Bills. Yeah, so did everyone else, Tim. Well, so did their linebackers and their offensive or their defensive line, their offensive line. Their wide, wide I just don't think that J.C. Jackson... I don't think they... I, I would have had them. He's not a bad no, thing to have. I would have liked them to pay him, but I don't think he's worth $18 million. No, I I, told, I agree with the thing where if you're leading the league in interceptions, that means quarterbacks aren't afraid to throw at you. Where someone like Jalen Ramsey and Revis was and uh, what's his name? They had him. That just Gilmore. They he tore his quad. What? Gilmore. Huh? Yeah, Stefan Gilmore. They were afraid to throw at you, so you'd end up with one or two picks on the season. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then real quick before we take a break, do you guys think instantly when Tom Brady signed that deal to be the Fox analyst, I was like, what a weird thing to s- announce and say when you're supposed to go play a season. Like when I'm done. I'm going to go do this. I, if I was a Bucks fan or player, I'd be like, uh, what's this? I, Unless it's like one, get the gang t- together one more time, which they'll probably, which they did. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. I think that's what it is. They're just going to blow it out for one last final year. And then he'll make his fortune, I guess. It's absurd amount yes. of money for somebody who's never done it. <laughs> 
Did you guys see the He's thing? very robotic too when he talks. He's not uh, like a he's not like Tony Romo where he's just like in your face, man. Did you guys see the thing circling around social media? I know you guys aren't really on it much, but that the he is now the highest paid person to talk about sports and number two is Jim Rome. Oh, Jim, Jim Rome. Rome makes thirty million dollars a year. For, for CBS Sports. I was just going to say, for what organization does he yeah. even work? I don't know if it's like an XM station, but hey. yeah, $30 million. Yeah, now that we're talking about this, hit that subscribe button, yeah. everybody. We want that <laughs> Like it, money. visit the advertisers. Yeah, we uh we just hit 15, 1,500 career, career plays, wow. so thanks, everyone. That's a lot. Well, and that Wait doesn't even count the this. ones we had at on the first uh, service that hosted us. And wait so. until they get a hold of this three-headed monster. I will say this is a lot smoother than I thought it was going to be with three of us. Yeah, well, we're seasoned now. Seasoned now. This is the 48th episode of this show. Me and Jack have done a bunch. We know what we're doing. And now we're going to take a break and come back and talk about something Tim knows nothing about. That could be a lot of things. Tim, give us your thoughts on the Red Sox state of the bullpen right now. It's bad. It's real bad. A uh, bunch of oh. jello arms out there. So, Oh, wow. You can tell he's been listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Tim. Tim's not frequently on uh, at watching the Old, Ta- Old Town Nine, but yeah, that was pretty spot on, Tim. Yeah, I mean, I listen the, to the radio. The real reason we need, we need to talk is the last baseball – night episode apparently was listened to by like five national baseball writers because i said my biggest fear is they fall out of it and then you start hearing these things about xander bogart's being traded because he's gonna opt out and all that nonsense well now they're starting to write about it yeah you heard it here first john Heyman, jabroni and paul peter gammons the oh my god paul de young the Court, the shortstop of the Cardinals got sent down, and here we are where everyone is like, do you know who is the absolute perfect fit? Which is true. Yeah. But well, he's the perfect fit anywhere. I think a shortstop that hits over 350 is like, that's kind of a no-brainer for any team. Yeah. But to quote the Fresh Prince, but I need to change it a little bit. Keep my shortstop's name out your fucking mouth. We're topical. We are topical here. Yeah. But really, I, I just can't. I can't have a summer where I'm just going to hear that the whole time. No, don't, they should don't start they have playing their better. Replacement? They have the replacement in. Uh... Yeah, he's batting 200 ish, if that. Who, Trevor Story? Tim? Or, yeah. their, or their rookie that they drafted? Yeah, Jeter Downs. Or the other one there. What's his name? Al Albez. No, no, that's not a person. We just pop a mute on him real quick. Yeah, Tim. Do you, do you have anything you need to get get done? Um, yeah, Trevor Story's batting two hundred two, so that's good. Yeah, it's not um, good. Um, I think what would stop these trade rumors from happening is if the Red Sox started to win games. Which hey. As of recording, two in a row. One That's more, right. Jack. That's a winning streak. Thumping the Rangers. Really thumping them. Offense coming alive for sure. Who, in our season preview, you and I were like, we just don't see it. Nope, Spend all that true. money. We, we don't, don't have, They don't it. have any pitching, I believe, is the review we both gave them. 
So, I I mean, not last week we were like, can we get can we get one, two wins? And as I mentioned earlier, I guess technically we've gotten three, mm-hmm. so that's a start. Yep. Um, Marcelo Mayer. There it is. Yes. Yeah. What, yeah. Tom and I know. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Still in last place though. Still behind the Orioles. I don't know. There, there's not much to say. Uh, Evaldi. So, Evaldi and JD Martinez are the two people I would like to see them trade at the deadline if they're out of it. Yep. To, those would to, those would make the most sense because neither one of them really provides a uh, anchor for the long term. There. Neither one of them is the best at their position in the league, like the shortstop, the shortstop. everyone's talking about trading. Yeah, I don't know, man. I um, I saw on the uh, social media front, I saw somebody talking about Brady's contract, uh, saying it's like a baseball contract, and them saying, yeah, but they'll never offer that to Bogarts or Devers. Um, I don't know if they don't want to sign one to sign the other, but uh, yeah, it's getting pretty hairy here in terms of not having a left side of the infield um, locked up after next year. Last night, or... Two nights ago, Friday night. First of all, I gotta say, I I've liked Kevin Millar on the yeah, broadcast, so but him and Dave O'Brien were talking about how fun it is to watch Rafael Devers because he shows up and he's in a good mood and smiling and stuff. He's taking batting practice, taking ground balls, just laughing, having a good time. And then at one point, Dave O'Brien says, and he's just doing it playing next to his best friend in the entire world. And I'm like then those two should play together for the next seven years. Mm-hmm. And Devers longer, but Bogarts is 30. So I, you know, 37-year-old Bogarts is when I'll be like, okay, let's let let us let Meyer take over. Yep. Tim's Tim's guy, Meyer. Mayer. Yep. Uh, I'm on my... Uh... Yeah. That's uh, let's let's hope they start getting hot here because the the Red Sox definitely won't trade them if they're in a wild card race, which unfortunately right now looks like is their uh, best hope of getting into the postseason. Yeah, because the Yankees might win 120 games. Yeah, they're on. not 120, but like 105 is legit. I've been thinking they might win. Yeah, I'm hoping you know not against anybody personally, but you know just kind of a rash of ILs there. Maybe, maybe slow them yeah, right or, down. Or maybe they'll get know, a rash. That's true. That seems and, that seems low and, budget enough that it won't really, you know. Yeah, it's just inconvenient. <laughs> I think actually it's more fun if the entire team is healthy and just in into a nosedive. You know what? That is in fun, like Tom. Three strikeouts a game from Stanton and Judge, and they end yeah. up sucking. Judge has done the Cold. exact opposite. Of uh, suck. Do you know why? Because it's a contract year, and he turned down a deal, and he's like, "Oh no, no, no! I'm gonna make so much more." Yeah. Smart. He turned down five hundred million. No, he didn't. No. Four hundred? You no? You're reading. You're whatever you're reading is not. Fact. Not accurate. Is that on Marcelo no. Mayer's. <laughs> yeah, said on his personal blog. All right, and the final thing we can talk about before we go, we can talk real quick. Tim, I know you got a trip planned. But you got a three thirty Sunday game seven. How how's that day looking for you? Are you do you today? have any meat? Yeah, today. Uh, it's the look, Celtics game. It's looking pretty. Meat? 
Well, we're flying George out on, on Tuesday, way. so. No, no, I'm talking about today. Today? For the game, the Celtics game seven. Yep. We yeah. got a couple kebabs. Yeah, that we're gonna, it is, yep. Yep, we're going to throw those on the grill. Give me, uh, Give me meat there. Are we doing steak or are we doing chicken? Both. Okay. What what uh what kind of what kind of chicken? Cuz I'm I'm assuming a, it's steakhouse or, or yeah. Steakhouse seasoning on the steak. Probably like a lemon garlic on the chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now are you making this? No, they're made already. Oh, good, good cuz you overseason. <laughs> um <laughs> um and then you know, I'll probably put down a, a couple drinks. Watch this game. What's Maybe do a little packing at halftime. Yeah, what you my, and Kate do get... by yourselves is none of our business. But... I'm about to head to uh, Market Basket because, you know, again, you, well, you didn't. I didn't buy any snacks because it, you said that like it was our fault. <laughs> yes, I didn't know. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling taquitoy. Yeah, you look taquitoy today. Yeah. What do you All do right. for a dip? What do you do for a dip on a taquito? You know what I've been big into recently is you can I take... guess? Can I guess? Yeah, ranch and hot sauce. Close. Uh. Mayonnaise and sriracha. God damn it! Or, All right, okay. so that's gonna do it for this episode because we got to find a new host. That was the <laughs> grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. And that's well, we're also not we're not, we don't we're gonna need to find new hosts because this one's our arteries are. 98% closed. Yeah. That's disgusting. There we go. Market basket on a quick taquito and mayonnaise run. Yeah. And then he's got to get back. He's going to get home and say, oh, Kate, I got to go back. I forgot the taquitos and mayonnaise. No, no. What I do gonna... is I cook it in the mayonnaise. <laughs> this is getting, oh, my God. This is my worst. I have the heebie jeebies. <laughs> okay. So Not a big mayonnaise if, something fan, cra- if if something crazy happens, we're gonna have to throw an IV in Tim and maybe maybe come back and talk about game seven, but a live not, reaction we'll just... pod? What? Maybe. I uh, well no, not it depends. It depends on the taquitos and what kind of drinks you're having, Tim. Maybe we can do it in the morning tomorrow, but if we never All right, specify guys. the cocktails. Uh it's some sort of seltzer, yeah. probably, you know. You wanna keep the stomach light after the taquitos. Yeah. Can't put a heavy beer in there. All right, Jack. Well, you have fun at Boylston Day at Wo- at uh, Worcester. Yeah, go Neil. Greenwald's throwing out the first pitch. What's yeah, happening? see if he still's got it. Boylston Day over at Polar Park. I... Town takeover at Polar Park, and Boylston took over today. That's strange. All uh, right, guys. Well. Hey, are you guys? Are... Oh, we're still recording. I'll ask after the recording's ended. All right. Let me finish up here, Tim. (laughs) You guys, I'll talk to each of you later on various pods, and uh, go Celtics. Yay. Bye, everyone. Bye.